Boxing Freaks, welcome to another episode of the J&B Ray Boxing Podcast, episode 84, The Aftermath. The dust has settled. Everyone is talking. Everyone's investing in Snickers bars now. Stock market is up in boxing. Everything is happy. Well, to some people, to others, it was a sad day. What the fuck am I talking about? If you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, you must be under a rock. We're going to talk about tonight. Anthony Joshua losing his heavyweight titles to Andy Ruiz. The aftermath. The comments from Anthony, um, from Tyson Fury. The comments from Deontay Wilder. Andre Ward Diamond. And everyone is, has an opinion. Even, air quotes, boxing expert Stephen A. Smith dimes in. We talk Triple G. Steve Rolls open workout and comments. We even talk World Boxing Super Series light heavyweight tournament. And we other talk in little snippets of the boxing news of boxing world. But again, folks, I'm not the only one that does it. I do have a co-host. He is here tonight via my tablet through Sacramento. It's a Sacramento bad boy himself. B-Ray in the motherfucking house. B-Ray? I was Oh, I know what the fuck you're talking about, so... Let's talk about this. Mm. <laughs> or any other to- no, no, topic. No, no, no. Let's get the shit rolling, man. <laughs> hey, look, I'm, I am still shaken up. Uh-huh. I am too. I'm still shaken up from what happened this past Saturday. We did the recap. Great success. Thank you for uh, first of all. Thank you for everyone who downloaded the uh, the media reaction episode. Um, that was a spontaneous episode. I'm glad you guys liked it. Um, yes. It was something we didn't even plan on doing. We didn't even plan on doing a fight a fight talk episode because we said, well, well there's no reason. Josh was going to beat this guy. We and and uh, Mr. Lou, Escaletto, Gary Merchant, they still came over. Um, I even told B-Ray, hey, we're not going to do one, so don't have to, you don't have to worry about calling in. Nothing like that. Yeah. That was a spontaneous episode that needed to happen because of what happened. Of the of the shock, the, the shock that happened in the heavyweight boxing world, and boxing in general. So, again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Andy Ruiz, Andy the Destroyer Ruiz from Imperial, California, became the first ever Mexican-American heavyweight champion in the world, became the second Hispanic heavyweight in boxing history, shook up the world. The intro says it better, our intro says it, when Muhammad Ali said, I just shook up the world, well, Andy Ruiz just shook up the world, Um, and it's still being felt. So, again... We're probably gonna jump back and forth on this top on this topic right now before we go into other topics. But right away, congratulations to Andy Ruiz. Um, after, and now uh, before we even start, I would like to publicly, openly, openly apologize for any type of disrespect this show gave Andy Ruiz by not believing in him, by the narrative which was painted this Saturday as, "Do not judge a book by its cover." Um, and also, I, 
and also the opinions of the of our guest this past Saturday with Gary Merchant, Mr. Liu, and Escaleto. It was all said in fun. We at the end of the day, we respect Dan Ruiz. So I wanted to get that out of the way, Brian. Um, I'll let you I'll let you speak your piece uh, of what we're gonna talk about right now. But uh, overall, like summarization of everything so far, it's been this happened Saturday. Today's Wednesday. What uh, what do you think? What What's going through your mind now that the dust has settled? Before we go into the breakdown, it's fuck. It it I feel like it changed everything. It shook up the heavyweight division. That t- still, I am just very shocked. And you know, Andy Reid kept kept saying, "Oh, I gotta pinch myself to know it's real." I kept doing to myself as well to know is this real? Did this just happen? Um. I'm glad you brought up about like you know uh, you know saying that you apologize and you know about you know doubting him and everything. Like I said on Instagram on Saturday night, uh, I admit uh, if anybody who listened on the show last week, I did not give him a chance. I didn't think he was going to win it at all, so he won my respect. At the end of the day, this guy won my my respect. He ate, you know he made me eat my words. And, I, and that's the, the most important thing I wanted to like to say and bring up that I did I, I don't want to sound like I'm jumping on the bandwagon making it seem like I knew he was gonna pull it off because no I'm, I'm I'll be honest I did not think he was gonna pull it off no chance in hell <laughs> no chance in hell so you Mr Andy Ruiz you you want my respect and uh, I hope to see him again and hope to see the rematch if if it's gonna happen but that's what I'm gonna bring up right now. Let's see. I'm trying to find something. No, no. I thought I had yeah, audio yeah. for that fight, but I didn't. Um, look, me and Brian on our prediction set. Well, Brian had it. Twelve rounds going uh-huh. going the way of Anthony Joshua. I said that Joshua was in a TKO this man in eight. In the eighth. Um, I You're did say close. I did say there was going to be some knockdowns, but I said that I honestly felt that Andy Ruiz was going to put Joshua down, and the Joshua down Joshua was going to get back up and then chop this man down. I would I came a little close. I like to say. Um, also, another thing I want to cover. I had a lot of people come to me and go, "Oh, I call bullshit. I don't think Mr. Lou called that shit." No, you'd be surprised, Mr. So Mr. Lou, um, he likes to cover his fucking ends. I'll, I'll give Mr. Lou that. If he hears that, shout out to Mr. Lou. He likes to cover his fucking ends. So when I asked him on Saturday before the fight said, who do you got? And um, I think from now on, if we don't do a fight night um, episode, I'm probably going to record these guys and then post the, their their predictions on our live feed so they could see it so pe- people won't call bullshit. Mr. Lou said, I got Joshua winning by fifth round. Or he goes, I got, an, I got a feeling that Andy Ruiz is going to pull an upset tonight. He said it like that. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. I, but the, to me, he's trying to cover his ends. Because, um, yeah, there would look. We knew Andy Ruiz could fight. There was no doubt about that. I think we all came into the impression, well, it's Andy Ruiz. Look at him. It's short notice. Anthony uh-huh. Joshua is not going to take a big risk fighting a big fight against. Uh, uh, he's not going to take a big risk, basically. So we were wrong. So real quick, yes, uh, Mr. Lou did have a did have that prediction almost set as he felt that Joshua was going to win early, or. Andy Ruiz was going to literally upset the apple cart. Upset the whole thing. Up, shake up the heavyweight division. And shake it up, he did. He really did. Um, I saw the fight on Sunday. I saw the fight last night. Um, I think it was a massive performance. 
I think uh, fight of the year candidate right there. Fight of the year and uh, obviously the candidate of round of the year as well. The third round, yeah. Thir- okay, I mean, let's just go into it. First, yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, the, the fight starts off with both guys very tentative. Both guys trying to measure themselves. Uh, Joshua trying to establish a jab. Andy Ruiz trying to counter when he can. They were by the end of the first round. You saw a cup. You saw like a glimpse of what might happen because finally Joshua let his hand go. But we also saw Andy Ruiz come back with a punch, and not just one punch, but three punch combinations, four punch combinations, and that was the end of the round. Second round started off the same way, and it was slowly building. We were slowly building up to our third round, which uh, was no. He got knocked down in the third round, right? It was the third round. Yeah, that was when uh, we build ourselves up at that left hook. Uh, and I'm going by what I, I remember. And, and again, we're at, when there's three bottles of wine. We were drinking three bottles of wine that night, some beers. And as soon as the left hook happened, Escalette looks at me and goes, "Holy shit!" Because I, I told him this was gonna be a good fight. This was gonna be a, a this is gonna be the most entertaining Joshua fight we're gonna see besides the Kalisco fight. And as soon as Escalette looks at me, I'm like, "Holy shit!" Mister Lou looks at me like, "Holy shit!" I get up and says, "This is over. It's over." The way. Andy Ruiz took the left hook and fell, and the camera, which I criticized the zone for that Danny Jacobs fight and the awful camera angles they gave us, perfectly zoomed in on the right moment when you saw Andy Ruiz's fucking face like, shit, I just ate this left hook, and I thought it was done. His face- Me too. I I, I, I yell, it's over. My wife was like, oh my god, we waited, we waited, we waited for the whole card, the whole undercard for this, and he gets up. (laughs) I told my girl, like, I told, it's over. I said, he's going to go for the kill. I said, I thought I was, I was confident. I said, it's over. Night is done very early. Anthony Johnson was going to put him away in the third round. And I know. I I said the same thing. It's it's over. It's over. It's over. And then, I mean, Joshua, which was being advertised by the zone, is one of the best finishers in the heavyweight division. Division goes in there for the kill and instead goes into a a gunfight with Anthony Ruiz. And Andy Ruiz lands this over, like this, like overhand left hook, Lechner. right on the, right behind the ear, which totally knocked Anthony Joshua's equilibrium out, and Joshua goes down. And I'm like, holy! Sh-. I fell to my knees, and I go, oh my god! I can't explain how I was jumping up and down. Like I was like, oh, oh, something like that. I I just couldn't believe what I saw because I thought it was over. <laughs> I said, holy shit! Yeah. And then, and then a couple seconds later, he gets put down again. Again. And I go, holy shit, Mister Lou goes, it's gonna be a rough night. I'm all, yes, it is. And I go, mm-hmm. let's strap ourselves down, let's open the next bottle of wine, and let's continue <laughs> watching this fucking fight. And um, I mean, we're not gonna go round by round, but after that, I feel that after that fi- after that round, Joshua never fully recovered. No. And. All credit to Andy Ruiz, which I'm gonna, I'm gonna. If you guys don't believe me? Look back at episode 81. I said this on, I said this on my prediction episode. This has got to be one of the best opponents, and that Joshua's fighting because Andy Ruiz has a great amateur background and has a great professional back um, record, and this guy knows how to fight, and he did. He wasn't overzealous. He was chomping Joshua down. Round after minute, second after second, minute after minute, was chomping Joshua down. He wasn't just going there balls deep, balls Mahoneying, and trying to get this guy out of there. No, if he found, if he got another opportunity to kill, to 
get the kill shot, he was going to take it. Mm-hmm. And Joshua was just very tentative. Joshua looked tired. Joshua just didn't look like... He did not look like Joshua would... Like uh, Anthony Joshua. He didn't seem like his, his usual self. And and I think... Uh, looking In back other at, words, he looked off, like most people are saying. Thank you. Thank you. He looked off. Yeah, he looked but, off. But... Are we are we are we using the the barometer of him fight him fighting Klitschko because we saw him put down like let's be honest Vladimir I mean um, Joshua got put down by Vladimir and he got back up and he fought like a warrior till the end to the ele- until he put down Vladimir um, I think after that shot we felt okay it's gonna be the same thing this we've seen this before but this was different though this was different and I think. Um, any, I think anybody who was walking into that fight thinking, oh, it's 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 another Joshua win, and when he got those two knockdowns in round three, had to admit, this isn't the same fight. This is no way a repeat of Vladimir Klitschko versus Joshua. This is a, Joshua's fighting a completely different animal this time around, and I don't think he was prepared, and I don't think, and I don't think he he knew what he was getting himself into this fight. After that, it, it could be that uh, I think that we're. I like to lean towards that he. I think he underestimated him. I don't think so, Brian. You don't think so? No. Because obviously, I don't believe the panic attacks and shit. I don't believe that. But so far, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards just a little bit of uh, underestimate uh, underestimating him and um and just obviously giving more credit for Ruiz. He won that fight, but I'm not trying to find no excuse, but. To me, the closest thing of, of any explanation is probably that, but who fucking knows? I mean, look, he got put down. He lost. Yeah. He, um, <laughs> okay, so I found the, I found the video. Um, he lost. You know, the seventh round comes in, and <sighs> this is this is where I noticed. I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna probably knock him out again. At the end of the sixth. You started seeing Ruiz targeting the body, and he was starting to opening him up more because he would hit the body, and then from the head, it was head, body, body, head from Ruiz. Mm-hmm. Ruiz was very systematically in taking him down. Um, and when he got those two knockdowns, especially the second one, uh, I didn't I didn't notice until I saw it the second time. He spit out his mouthpiece on purpose. He did, yeah. I noticed I, I, the the first thing I noticed in the when I saw the fight the first time was. He walked away from the ref and walked to his corner to lean on the ropes. He looked. I, he, he looked at his cornerman as well. Yeah, like to uh-huh. me, he he gave up, and I don't believe this whole panic attack. I don't believe that he suffered a concussion, which we're gonna talk yeah. about right now. I just think he 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 walked into the ring with a different animal that I don't think he expected that fight from. I think. I think nobody expected that fight from from Ruiz, and I think we held Joshua to a higher standard. And like I said, I think we were still when we saw him get put down, we we're like, "Oh, this is gonna be like the Klitschko fight. He's gonna get up and prove himself one more time why he's one of the best heavyweights in the world." No, because I think the difference between fighting Vladimir, the difference between fighting Povetkin, the difference between Chris Martin, Dominic Brazil, all these other heavyweights, Dylan White, he's fought. Ruiz took the fight to him, and he wasn't doing it on one punch at a time. If you notice, Ruiz was throwing three to four punches back at him. Oh, you hit me with you hit me with your left hand. Okay, I'm gonna come back with the more. I'm gonna come back. At, I'm gonna come back at you with more punches. And I don't think he's ever fought that type of animal. He's used to you know when he no, when Vladimir hit him, he hit him with one punch, and that was it. 
you know, if you notice, all these fighters have hurt him with one punch. They're still, they, because look, Joshua's been hurt before. But he's been hurt by one punches here and there, and he's, he's able to recover. But when you're getting hit by multiple shots coming from different angles, you, you ain't used to that type of animal. This is a completely... <laughs> yeah, you're right. Totally a, right. I can't remember the last time. You're right. I cannot remember the last time so, someone was through so many punches at him like so that. So for people to say, oh, well, you know, he wasn't prepared for this fight. No, I call it bullshit. He was prepared for this fight. He was prepared. <laughs> he was prepared for this fight. I just think he wasn't. Pre- I think he was just not used to that fighting that type of fighter. You're not. The heavyweight division. Look at the punch output. You're not fighting. You're, you know, you fought a guy that threw more this time. You're used to fighting a guy that threw one punch at a time. One ha- one one heavy-handed punch at a time. And you're used to, you're used to picking him off, you know. Okay, I got caught with one, but I'm not going to get caught with the second one. No, no, this Ruiz is coming back with one, two, three, four hard punches back to back to back. And you can't block them all. One of them are going to get through. And they got yeah. through. Um, But he won. Um, Shocking. What? Anybody who saw the Instagram page saw the shock in everyone's faces in the room when uh, we were watching the fight. Um, But also the excitement, because I think people were just excited. I think... The, the, it was his history was made. That his, night. Yeah, history was definitely made. Like I, like I opened the show, first ever Mexican American heavyweight, first ever second uh, Hispanic heavyweight, um, to win a you know second heavyweight Hispanic heavyweight champion. Um, it was, it was a historic moment, and you can't take away that. You, and uh-huh. people, and this is my this pisses me off, and we'll talk about it right now. What pisses me off is people that try to take it away, take that away from Andy Ruiz by saying this bullshit. Oh, Joshua, Joshua wasn't prepared. Joshua, Joshua suffered a concussion. Anthony Joshua had a panic attack. No, don't take away the glory from this man. This man worked hard for this fight. He worked hard. He Give him his credit. Give him his credit. I mean, I, I mean, Anthony, uh, Anthony Joshua, I mean, he came out and, and he said it, which I like what he said. No, I, I, I took this. Uh, this, this is a loss for me. He goes, I'm gonna take it like a man. I lost this fight. He's yeah, I'm he did say that. Yeah, no, no. Mm-hmm. Anthony Joshua. Uh, this is one thing I, I noticed too. He's a very, uh, he's a very good loser when it comes to it. Like, oh hey, it's his night. Do a bump. Congratulations to him. All this, but this is my thing, and I think everyone's been noticing it. Everyone's been talking about it. Have you ever seen a champion so happy to have lost the title? And to give it to the other man, like here you go, man, congrats. You know, I was I was sensing that too. I was telling my girl, like, why does he feel like he's this guy? Like, it's over, fight's over. Like that was the sense I got yeah. that he was glad that hey, fight's over. And this is his night. You're right, because usually they will have a face like disappointment and man, fuck. I mean, yeah, he kind of had a, uh, he kind of he did sense some disappointment, but at the same time, you ha- you got. A sense of like, eh, we know what fight's over. I'm glad it is. It was a rough night. Uh, I'll, I'll live to I'll live to fight another day. That's what I got from Anthony Joshua on Saturday night. And the the biggest face of disappointment, <laughs> the biggest face that I saw, and right away I pointed it out uh, <laughs> uh, to my to my to to the to the fever on the pitch guys, uh-huh. Eddie Hearn. If there was ever a man, look, if we all expected Joshua to have that face the entire night after he lost, like, fuck, I just lost here. I lost. Eddie Hearn had the face like this. Eddie Hearn took the burden, like, no, let me have this burden here. Let me soak and wallow in this defeat. (laughs) When Joshua went down, I tried to look for him, too, because he's in the front. 
So I was trying to see his reaction as well. I think he thought the same. I think he thought the same. Oh, he's going to get back up. Yeah. The second time, his face was like, oh, shit, what's going on? Oh, shit, we picked the wrong guy to fight. (laughs) Picked the wrong guy. (laughs) Picked the wrong guy to fight Joshua. Um, Um, You know what? I I do want to mention this. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, or I don't know if you thought, I don't know if you cared, but I just thought it was weird when, weird and funny that, they didn't have a, a person to sing the Mexican national anthem, but felt, they had singers for the for the American and for the uh, for the UK. I felt that was disrespectful I, to me. To right, there we go. Thank you. I wanted to see if you thought the same way because I felt that was kind of disrespectful. Even I asked right away because um, Gary Merchant was like, you know, you know, oh the Mexican national anthem. And we were like, who's singing it? And there's nothing. Right? They're just playing. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then the UK national anthem, the American. Mm-hmm. Anthem, I'm like, wow, yep. wow, that is disrespect. That is total blatant disrespect. I mean, me. I would say, yeah, you know what? They needed to find a singer in two weeks' notice. Okay, cool. Or one week notice or in less than three hours. Okay, we didn't have one. We'll just play an audio of it. But you had four weeks to find a singer that could sing you the Mexican National Anthem. Right. And you couldn't do that? Exactly. I felt uh, the same way, too, when I was watching it last Saturday I night. felt that was a little disrespectful. But, uh, oh, wow. So um, I got some audio here. This is Anthony Joshua after the fight. Uh, a couple days later, he's had time to soak in all the hate that he's getting, all the criticism, <laughs> and he's addressing the rumors that, again, um, the Boxing Boys calls them, um, shout out to the Boxing Boys, they call them the AG Protectors. What do they call them again? The AJ Protectors. <laughs> AJ Protectors? You know how they, you know, the Pacquiao fans, the Pactards, you know, the, yeah. and then you have the Floyd Mayweather, the Flomos. Flomos? Well, Boxing Boys labeled them the AJ protectors. Oh, yeah. So shout out to uh, to the boxer boys. Um, so so this is audio from this is audio from uh, I think a couple couple. Of, this was fourteen hours ago. Holy shit! So this okay, is recently. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm not that type of person. You know me, and that's why I say, and I'm going to keep on saying, is that I have to take my loss like a man. No blaming anyone. No blaming anything. I'm the one who went in there to perform, and my performance didn't go to plan. My game plan didn't go to plan, so I have to kind of readjust, analyze, do my best to correct it, and uh, get the job done in the rematch. I had no panic attack. Okay, so he addresses the fact. Look, I lost. I'm gonna take my. I lost like a man. I'm gonna take my loss like a man. I didn't have a panic attack. It just didn't go my way. I'm gonna come back and correct that. Now. The big thing that all of us uh, on the recap episode were asking ourselves, is there a rematch clause? Well, we come to find out there is a rematch clause, Brian. And yeah, from what that. I heard, Joshua and Eddie Hearns have six months to invoke the rematch clause. If not, the rematch clause is null and void. Well, yeah, just last night, it was announced that the rematch is set. The only thing is not set is the date, and, and the date, time, and the location. From what I heard, and Dan Raphael tweeted, that it's up to Andy Ruiz where the location of the fight will take place. But Andy, uh, Eddie Hearn corrected Dan Raphael and said, no, it is up to AJ where this fight will take place. <laughs> wow. We discussed this on the recap episode, Brian. We did. We would love the fight to happen here in LA. That would be fucking nice. Or I would in, try to, you would to try get to, there. I, I would mean, try to be there. If we can get tickets, that'd be great. If we can do a fucking live fight night. A re, uh, episode that'll be great as well, but oh yeah, from the looks of it, Brian and and I'm I'm gonna I'm on the same boat. Anthony Joshua's not coming back to the U.S. 
I think he's going to take this fight back to the UK. He is, yeah. I think he is. Um, and I think that's kind of like, it, it, um, will the boxing will the boxing world be okay with that if this fight takes place in the UK? That's a good question. I think we should ask everybody, man, on on social media who listens to this. That's a good question. Do they want to see that fight in the UK or not? Um, for me, I mean, I just want to see the I just want to see the rematch. I, I want to see the rematch too. Yeah, I want to see the rematch. But the UK, really, like, I mean, but, no offense to our UK listeners. Hey, thank you. Uh-huh. You guys are big. You guys are big, the big time down um, subscribers to the show. So shout out to the UK fans. But does this fight really deserve to be in the UK? He lost in American soil. You exactly. Tur- the whole the whole promo for this was coming to America. We're not he- we're not here to we're not here to be part of this. We're here to take over. Wasn't that the whole the whole logo, the whole the whole promo? They're cutting the promo for this. You know, we're yeah. not here to take part. We're here to take over. You know, wasn't really that the, the wasn't that the whole premise? Wasn't that the narrative they were painting? And yeah, it didn't go your way. But to take this fight back to the UK, I mean, really, I mean, wouldn't you want to avenge your fight here? Because do you really want the last impression of your U.S. fight to be you putting you beating on the floor four times and then basically giving up? Because he gave up. Let's be honest. Joshua gave up mentally, physically. You know the ref, the uh, the ref did a good job calling it. I think he knew what was going to happen as soon as he let he unleashed Andrew Ruiz on him. Ruiz was just going to go for the kill. I mean, I, I I've been hearing some criticism of the ref. Oh come you. on. No, yeah, no, no, no. The ref. the ref, I would have not complained if the ref stopped it in the third round because Joshua fell. Joshua looked out of it. Anybody, rewatch it again. In the third yeah. round, when he gets put down the second time, the ref tells me, walk forward. Come to me. Joshua does not come forward. The ref just grabs his gloves, wipes them off, tells him, you're okay. Joshua says, yeah. And then puts him to fight. Luckily, the bell saved him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. You're right. Remember that. I remember saying that. The saved ref, by the bell. The, he got saved by the bell, but before that, the ref could have waved it off because Joshua was unresponsive when the ref told him, come forward, walk to me. Joshua didn't do neither. He was just standing there like, uh, uh shock of what the fuck just happened to him. <laughs> so the ref just went over and told him, are you okay? Uh, yeah. Okay, fuck it, let's go. In. And then the bell rang and that was it. The re- I would have not complained that the ref stopped the fight in the third round and I would have been and I think people would have been able to criticize it but the fact that he he stopped it in the seventh round getting put two more times this is where I this is where I think he was right in stopping the fight Brian he got put down the first time okay the second time he wasn't taking punishment he took a knee yeah and so he was cognitive of what he was doing he took the knee and he spit out the mouthpiece and then you got up before I think before the count of seven, and you walk to your corner and you lean on the corner. The ref saw the ref was right in front of him when he spit up the even the ref the, what the fuck even the ref told this isn't a break you're not getting a break here you're, you're what the fuck we're gonna fight. The ref knew right away he quit because why he didn't spit out his mouthpiece because he got punched he spit out your mouthpiece because either you're tired or you're trying to buy yourself some time because you don't the you it's you're delaying the inevitable son. If you don't want to fight, just call it. But you're not gonna do it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do it for you. I'm gonna wave it off. This fight's over. That's the way I took it as, and it's not controversy at all. I, you know, uh, your favorite uh, Brian Kenny. I mean, I remember he kept saying like, "Hey, he asked him if he's you know if he's okay." And he responded, "Shouldn't he be asking him again? Come forward." I remember that criticism they were giving Brian the rest, Kenny. But- 
needs to get fucking Rogaine and just for man and shut the fuck up. He told him in the third round he didn't do it. Why are you gonna do it? You gave him you you gave him a mulligan in the fucking third round. You gave him a mulligan. You got him up. You gave him a freebie in the third because Brian, the ref, had the right to stop the fight in the third. Yeah. Don't I don't give a hey, fans. If you could disagree with if you disagree with me, below the description of this episode is all the social media platforms you can find us, and you can openly write to me and tell me you disagree. But you cannot disagree with this one. Brian, he was just to stop the fight in the third. He didn't. He gave him a freebie. He gave him a mulligan, whatever you want to call it. And he let the fight go. And the seventh round, Brian, what would you have done if you're the ref? You're seeing that you're getting beat up. But you're getting beat up by the smaller guy, the underdog. You're not even taking punishment, but you took a knee and then you spit your mouthpiece out. You get up before the count of seven and you walk away from me. I know, I agree. You gave up. Yeah, you did. You're the, the the corner didn't have to throw the white towel. He didn't have to be unresponsive. He his his actions led the ref to think no, he doesn't want it anymore. If I if I decide to if I decide to let him to let this fight continue, this guy is gonna murder him right now. He's gonna literally <laughs> ravage him in the next come on, there was like what, a minute and twenty something seconds left in the round? Yeah. Andy mm-hmm. Ruiz had enough time to do to do whatever he needed to do, and he, he was really getting did. there. If he wasn't gonna get him in that round, he was gonna get him the next round, and he was gonna, he was gonna get it worse. The ref prevented from Joshua from getting any more punishment. That's true. And I forgot what Errol Spence said on Twitter. He said about something about like uh, when you look at the at your corner man, it's 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 say something that he said. Well, he's always looked at his corner when he's in trouble. He's like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Uh-huh. He's always done it. He did it. He did it in the, really. He did it in the in the Klitschko fight when he got put down. Oh, did he? he got up and he right and the ref's counting and he's looking over at his corner and I don't know what his corner is yelling at him. So he's done it before. <laughs> where he's, he he looks at guidance at, at the refs. Um, like I said, um, all shout out to Andy Ruiz for winning that. Um, for real. Andy Ruiz moves forward, and you know, and most likely awaits to uh to be told when his fight with. Anthony Joshua will take place. But that did not stop social media from coming at Anthony Joshua and um, um, and Eddie Hearn. And also, it didn't stop fucking people to come after Andy Ruiz as well. Andy Ruiz got a lot of criticism, especially from Stephen A. Smith. Oh, man. Um, fuck, I can't find the tweet. But Stephen A. Smith went out of his way to call him Butterbean. Butterbean. He yeah. was he was disgusted by telling this fight. And, you know, that this was not the fight we wanted to see and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, of course, Stephen A. Smith got flagged because of that. And even, uh, not even Max Kellerman can save him because even Max Kellerman kind of shot at him saying, you know, he he's no Butterbean. Um, and Stephen A. Smith reminds me of my wife's aunt and her bitch cousin, who will apologize, but at the same time, take back the apology without actually taking it back. Like, well, you're a bitch. I'm sorry you are, but you're a bitch. Well, Stephen A. <laughs> Stephen a. Smith was, well, yeah, I said he's Butterbean, but he's not actually Butterbean because he knows how to fight, but he looks like Butterbean is what I meant to say mm-hmm. type excuse. So you, you're justifying your fucking actions without apologizing. Um... And, and he was trying to. I feel like he was trying to justify it by saying that all fan, all the fans we were robbed of the mega fight of Wilder Joshua. 
I felt like he was trying to justify that. Like, that's what he meant to say. Like, he's mad they were all robbed of that mega fight. Well, um, Kevin Ioli from Yahoo even put, Great job, Al Heyman. Great job, Shelly Finkel. Great job, Eddie Hearn. You cost the sport a mega fight. Sheer incompetence. Unreal. I saw that. Shit was funny. That was one. Um, trying to look for other ones. Uh, oh, Andrew Ruiz is okay. Hold on, I think this is Andrew Ruiz commenting back at Stephen A. Smith. Stephen yeah. A. Smith, I encourage you to do your research before you insult insulting my career. I know boxing is in your lane, but if you're gonna talk about boxing, please study and know what you're saying. I think yeah. very respectful, Andrew Ruiz. Even right now, at this moment, very respectful because I think I would have been like, I think if I would have won that fight, um, if I was Andy Ruiz, you know what I would have done when Bernard Hopkins beat. Uh, Antonio Tarver after everyone had Bernard Hopkins as the underdog when he fought for the light heavyweight Bernard Tell Hopkins went to press row and just put his put his you know gloves to his waist and just skate and started mad dogging the whole press row mad dogging every single fucking writer that said Bernard <laughs> Hopkins was old and couldn't win the light heavyweight title Bernard Hopkins mad dog those motherfuckers if I was Andy Ruiz but I don't think that's Andy Ruiz's nature Andy Ruiz, no, I don't think so. Andy Ruiz doesn't look like he has a bad bone in his body no. He, and was like, whatever, man. I'm fat. Fuck it. I know I'm fat. <laughs> yeah. If that would have been me, I would have gone to press row and looked at every single fucking writer that called me fat that said I don't deserve to be here tonight. Well, guess what? I did, and I'm the heavyweight champ. But no, he's a, a, a great winner and a gracious winner because, look, he replied by saying that. He, I, I would have been like, you know what? First of all, Steven says, fuck you. You don't know shit about boxing. I would have gone in a, on a fucking rant. But, again, that just yeah. shows... The type of champion we have right now. For real. Um, I'm, I can't find even... And I'm trying to find all this stuff. And, I, and Me and Brian are going back and forth. Sending each other stuff. Um, we read on the fight on the fight recap. You know, Deontay Wilder re, um, even commented saying that we knew this... We all we knew this was going to happen. That Anthony Joshua's career is a lie. Fraud. He's been gifted. And we, now we know the reason why he never really wanted to fight us. Um... Eddie Hearn replied saying that that's kicking a man while he's down. That's pretty unsportsmanlike. Um, Tyson Fury even tweeted after the fight saying this this is heavyweight boxing. This is what happens. You know, um, it, you know, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. It's how you come back. You know, hey, get up, recover, and come back. Very, very, uh, very uh, good comment from Tyson Fury. But from the looks of it, Tyson Fury is very bipolar because he says, hey, you know, you can, do, you can do it, man. Come back. And then he comes back and does this. I thought this guy's going to get knocked out and there was 10 or 15 guys in the room and when I said this, this was before the fight started and then it, it happened and I knew like, he couldn't box that style and even in the rematch they're saying oh, XYZ, this was wrong, this was wrong, this was wrong but his style and his style they're not made to go together and Andy will always beat AJ in my opinion yeah. so I thought this guy's going to get so he said that trying to look yeah. I'm trying to find the other one where he says that damn it, where's it at? Son of a bitch. Where he basically said that um, Anthony Joshua should um, pretty much never show his face. He should be embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's what Fury said. Oh, okay. Here we go. Fury put it, and I quote, Can you imagine? You're built like Adonis, ripped, carved in stone, and little fat. And little fat guy who's who's ate every Snickers in California, but, but bladders you? All over. <laughs> What a disgrace. If that was me, I'd never show my face in public again. 
That was Tyson Fury. And that was after Tyson Fury tweeted about, like, hey, you know, good fight, you know, blah, blah, blah. Again, this is the reaction that people are taking. Um, one guy um, at, his name is Shorty, Shorty, put, if this guy beat Anthony, Anthony Joshua, I am never going to the fucking gym again. Pass me a steak and a pint of beer. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of those memes, man, about how, like, everybody's now... You know, not ashamed to show their belly and be like, fuck this, man. A guy that looks like me is the heavyweight champion of the world. I've been seeing a lot of those memes. They're pretty fucking funny. I'm trying to look for the other one. Hold on. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. I mean, Mexican Rocky, there we go. They kept they kept saying that, and I kept saying that as well. This is basically Mexican Rocky. Oh, yeah, that and was... Well, that's what the whole The Zone card was like. This guy's the Mexican Rocky. Mexican this is Rocky, that. yep. And and um, I was like, really? I don't know about that. He was come down from a knockdown, beat the champion. Like, this was yeah, the Mexican Rocky. Yep. All right. So these are all the these are all the uh, excuses. Um, number one, he had a concussion going into the fight. So supposedly the rumor was. Well, let me continue with the list. Number one, he had a concussion going into the fight. Oh my god. Number two, he was knocked down in sparring. Number three, he suffered a pre-fight panic attack. Now let me debunk. Um, all this because this is, I mean, it's it's Wednesday, and you know everyone's seen it. Everyone's seen the fight numerous times, and everyone can actually debunk this. If you had a concussion, shouldn't the medical, the New York State Athletic Commission, found that out when they conducted the physical? Exactly. Two, if he was knocked out in sparring, how would you know about it? Why all of a sudden was it come out? Shouldn't the news been like, you know, I mean, we're all got, I mean, everyone else, everyone. Everyone in the boxing world has their ears to the ground. Shouldn't that rumor have come out like, hey, Joshua just got knocked out by sparring partners going into this fight? It's true. Shit like that, the rumor comes out. Number three, he suffered a pre-fight panic attack. You're telling me a guy who's fought on Wembley Stadium filled with 90,000 people suffered a panic attack in the in the in MSG with only 17,000 people in attendance? Yeah, they say that explains why his uh, ring walk was um, was like, what do you call it? I don't know, like, it lagged a bit. That's the excuse. Like, oh, that's why he had a panic attack, which is why it took just a little bit, you know, a little while for Joshua to hit the ring. <laughs> You're a professional. Why would you have a panic attack? Exactly. <laughs> but you don't have a panic attack when you fight in front of 90,000 people in Wembley Stadium. Right? Exactly. But some people are going to be like, well, it's his first fight in America. So it's it's a different field for him. So yeah, here, here's another excuse. Well, not even excuse. Here's another rumor. Um, Dylan White came out and said he lost because he couldn't take his steroids out there in America. <laughs> Damn. I didn't hear that one. Yeah, Dylan White. <laughs> Dylan White going hard at him. Man, they're, they're really kicking him as he's down. Fuck. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> the boxing, look what I say. What have I always said, Brian? It's not what you've done. It's what you've done lately. So, lately for me, yep. So for boxing, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. What have you done for me lately? Like I said, everyone's coming out. Yeah, they're kicking them when they're down. You have the a, uh, the AJ um, detractors, and then you have the AJ protectors are coming out, protecting them. Um, Eddie Hearn tweeted, not tweeted, Instagram a day ago and said, after meeting with AJ, Rob MC, and the management team in New York, we have today triggered the contract rematch clause with Andy Ruiz Jr. The fight will take place either November or December at a venue to be confirmed shortly. Um, do you think you think the, the rematch should happen immediately for Anthony Joshua? 
Is it is it correct? We've seen it done before. Shane Mosley went back to back on rematches and then lost, and lost against the fighter. Um, Tyson Fury just said it on the in the audio I played that Andy Ruiz is just a a fighter that Anthony Joshua was always gonna have problems with. If they fought ten times, he'd lose ten times. Type of fighter. Do you agree with that? You know, so I I always hear it's always sometimes it's always it's sometimes it's best to you know when you suffer a loss, right? It's always best to go out, you know, get the rematch immediately. But, but I think for his case, I think it's best for him to wait. But his mind right now is gonna go, no, fuck that. I'm gonna prove that that was just a fluke. I'm gonna come back better. So. In my opinion, I think it's not a good idea for him to go back for the rematch, but it's obvious. It's obvious that they're going to go for the rematch, and it, it's probably going to end the same way. You think so? Probably. As, as the days went by, so I remember we asked that we asked each other that on Saturday night, and uh, now as the more I think about it, I go, for right now, yeah, I, I have Andy Reese doing the same thing, maybe in later rounds, but... Uh, that's how I feel so far right now because right now he has uh, I don't know the edge he has he has a what's the word I'm looking for I think he has him uh, psychologically he has him already for right now hmm. that's what I think that's what I think right now but at the same time I do expect him to get better he I mean he has to get better and if not then I don't know what else to say about Anthony Joshua but he should be learning his mistakes I mean I remember you said that shouldn't he learn that mistake with uh with Klitschko when he threw the lazy jab, I believe it was a lazy jab. Yeah. Kept telling me, so yeah, he should have learned. He should have learned something from the Klitschko fighting. He should be learning something right now from the Andy Ruiz fight. So he should be coming back just a bit better. I mean, if if you're Anthony Joshua and you're like you know the darling of the UK and and he probably has a great entourage, not a great. He has a huge entourage. Huge. Do you think you know you should get rid of your entourage, especially the ones that are like probably feeding him? No, nah, man. You just weren't prepared, man. You only had a short notice to prepare for this fight, man. You know, you got this. You're stronger. Look at him. Look, he, he got lucky. He, you know, do you think he has that type of team with him? Or is it a team like, hey, let's take it back to the basics? It's, like, you know, the first one, I, I think he kind of has that team. You think he has a, yes, like, yeah. a bunch of yes men? Like, nah, man. You, mm-hmm. you know. You're Anthony Joshua. You're the heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. Some, something tells me. Just, there's just a feeling that he has that type of um, entourage. Okay, another person that dimed in also in this fight was former light heavyweight champion and pound for pound king, Andre S.O.G. Ward. Yeah. Um, let me play the audio real quick. Let's get started. I did have Joshua on my radar. After Kovalev 2, I had a three fight plan before I decided to retire. And I was a tune up fight back at home, cruiserweight fight in the UK, and then we were going for Joshua. Because what you saw Ruiz do, I knew I could do that. In my own way, it would have looked different, but I knew I could do that. <clears throat> but I don't want to take anything away from Joshua. Listen, he, he's a gold medalist. Um, he had three of the four belts. Uh, he's not as bad as everybody's starting to make him out to be. People, you know, when you, you learn a lot about people when you lose or when you don't look good. You, you, you see all the boo birds come out of the woodwork. He's the truth. He didn't get this far by not being the truth. He's just built all wrong. You know, you know he's got- so come. What are your thoughts on that, Brian? That he he said his original thing was after the after the Kovalev win, take a tuna fight, take a fight, take go to the UK and fight at cruiserweight, and then finish off by fighting at heavyweight against the heavy at the time the heavyweight champion of the world, Anthony Joshua. And he said 
that he would have done this almost close to the identical to what Andrew Weeze did. Do you believe that? Or do you believe that um, Andrew Ward is jumping on this bandwagon of right now of dissecting Anthony Joshua's flaws and pretty much putting him out there on blast? I would just say that I really like that idea. And if that, re- that if that really happened, that that would have put him on the map. That he he for sure would have uh, left the boxing world. I don't know, maybe a legend. I want to say, but when he said that, I liked that idea, and that would have been nice to see him uh, attempt that. But well, going going into the Kovalev fight, he was saying, you know, his dream is to do his his goal is to do what um, Roy Jones did, go to heavyweight. Mm-hmm. But he's gonna be smart like Roy. He isn't gonna, just gonna pick any heavyweight. He's gonna pick almost like a John Ruiz type heavyweight. To, to fight for the title. is Was he saying that Anthony Joshua was that John Ruiz? Not a threat. Good fighter, but not a threat for him? Damn. Because I mean, that's the way I'm thinking. It sounds like he's saying, yeah. Because he said it in an interview. My goal after this is to to slowly move up and challenge at heavyweight. I don't want to do what Roy did. But, the only, the, but I want to do it like the right way that Roy did it. I'm not just going to fight any heavyweight. I'm going to fight almost like a John Ruiz type heavyweight. Well, at that time, the only two heavyweight champions of the world was... No, three at that time was Joseph Parker, Anthony Joshua, and Deontay Wilder. So, mm-hmm. are you, were you saying that uh, Joseph Parker or in the, either of those three guys were your John Ruiz? But now that with this comment, he said, no, I, wanted to, I was going to fight Anthony Joshua. So, you were calling Anthony Joshua the John Ruiz. Because you felt that you would have been able to accomplish and win mm-hmm. the title in that type of fashion. Or close to that fashion. Yeah. Well, no, that's basically what he's trying to say. That is crazy. What he just said, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, but that would have been nice. It would have been nice. Like you're saying, everyone's kicking this man while he's down right now. Um, they really are. No, they really are kicking him while he's down. Um, look, let's go back to Andy Ruiz though. He just he, right now, he's got to be the most popular heavyweight right now. My question to you, Brian, because this is the question I've been hearing: Is Andy Ruiz? Does Andy Ruiz? Is Andy Ruiz? Gonna become a bigger Mexican star than right now the face of boxing Canelo Alvarez. Right if now. he continues, if he continues with this and then you know keep winning, and if somehow let's just say right, let's just say in a bizarre world, he beats Wilder and Fury. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, he does. He has the potential. So right, right, Andrew Ruiz has the potential. So right now, do you think he's a big star, or is it right now people are still are are riding the 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 wave of this shocker we just we just witnessed last Saturday night? Right now, they're they're riding this wave right now. Yeah, uh, he's getting there. I mean, right now his name is out there, so I think that people that don't know boxing very much, I think they know his name now. So he's he's getting there. He's he, getting to now. If he goes back and fights Anthony Joshua, what well, he is, and he beats him. More convincingly than the first time, does his star power grow? And can you actually put him next to the Canelo Alvarez? Like Canelo, Canelo's a huge star in Mexico. Is he a huge star? Because they gotta admit this, brand. This is the first ever Mexican American yeah. heavyweight, mm-hmm. heavyweight. You know, you saw the reaction of Julio Cesar Chavez when he saw the fight. You saw the reaction of Fernando Vargas. You saw the reaction of a lot of Mexican fighters. Congratulating him because he became the first ever Mexican heavyweight. So why wouldn't the Mexican public, whether or not he's pure, uh, pure blooded Mexican, because even though he was born here in the California, yeah, why wouldn't they accept him as their own? We we the Mexican public did that with Vargas. They, they, they did. They did that with 
with Adela Hoy a couple times where they adopted him as like he's one of our own, even though he, <laughs> you know. So why wouldn't the Mexican public adopt Andy Ruiz as their own? Because look, he speaks better Spanish than fucking Adela Hoya ever did. <laughs> yeah. He looks like the average Mexican. He does. Yes. So wouldn't the fan base grow because it's like, damn, this guy speaks. 100% Spanish fluently. He looks like the average Schmo, but he's our heavyweight champion. Oh, yeah. So, should, shouldn't, uh, he over, shouldn't he eclipse Canelo Alvarez as the great Mexican star right now? Like, you know how we were talking about a couple uh, episodes ago, who is the next great Mexican star and the, the, like, the next great Mexican fighter? And we were saying that, you know, Jaime Munguia could possibly be that guy, popularity-wise. Well, with Andy Ruiz winning the heavyweight title, and being Mexican and doing all this, is he in that line as being one of the next best Mexican fighters to represent Mexico? Yeah, he really is. He's in line. And, yeah, if he, if he continues the, uh, his win, especially if he beats uh, Joshua again in the rematch, again, his uh, his status as a superstar rises. His stock will rise as well. So, yeah, he, he's definitely in line. And, if he, yeah, if he keeps going and winning these fights and amazing everybody... Fuck yeah! You, Where he he's a, he becomes a fucking huge star than he is right now. Well, right now, look at him. He, he's on. He was on Jimmy Kimmel last night. He, yeah, he just did the PBC. Uh, fi, was it? Ep, uh, was it like they do like an episode on Fox for the PBC? Mm-hmm. He just did that. He's probably gonna be on fucking ESPN Golpe Golpe or ESPN Deportes soon enough. Oh, he, definitely. There, there. His management team. Is gonna just is gonna spread him around, build the Ruiz brand. Mm-hmm. You gotta build them up. But this is my thing, and this is my fear, and I'm a, and I want to talk about this before we move on. I think I know where you're going, but yeah. Don't spread him too thin. My biggest fear is that he is gonna become complacent and become a lazy become a lazy champion. Because yeah, there we go. <laughs> you're hung you're hungry when you want to get to the title, but as soon as you get there. You know, you're not as hungry as you used to be. Yeah. It's that, easy that, to I make the climb. It's harder to fucking defend the title. Yeah. I, I Yeah, you're right. I hope he still keeps that uh, the mentality of a hungry fighter. I just hope he keeps that way. I hope so, too. I hope he's not a one-nut, like, a one, you know, back in the 90s. Well, we still have it nowadays. But you, they used to call them one-hit one hit wonders. Yeah. <laughs> you know, music, when you only had one hit on the radio, and then... After that, you just fell off because, you know, that you're only known for your one hit. You one hit, You yeah. called them one-hit wonders. Hopefully, Andy Ruiz is not a one-hit wonder. I hope not, Which no. I doubted. This kid can fight. This no, he's pretty good. He, he really impressed me, yeah. And Fuck this, heart. Look, if this... Look, for, well, they, already, they already confirmed the rematch is set. But let's just say out of nowhere, Anthony Joshua really looks himself in the mirror and says, You know what? I don't want, I don't want to go through this again. I don't. And let's say they say, you know what, we're not going to do the rematch clause, and Andrew Ruiz is able to get himself out of the rematch clause. You know who I would, you know, I would put him against, and I said this months ago when Andrew Ruiz um, fought, put him against uh, Chris Ariola. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I, I just laugh because uh, you know how uh, they both almost have the same physique, and you know oh. they were also laugh at too. So yeah, I can see, I can see them promoting that fight very well. I would. I would build him up, like get him, get, get him a hometown fight, put him in Southern yeah. California main eventing. Dodger Stadium, yeah. Dodger Stadium, and you know main eventing, build the brand, and then because you know he's gonna, it, because if you look at it, 
the PBC now holds all the heavyweight titles. All the heavyweight titles. The WBC, the WBA, WBO, IBF. If you want to count the IBL, he counts the I. He they they have the IBL. Al Heyman is like Thanos. He has all the Infinity Stones now. <laughs> he can make that fight happen exactly if if he could or. Yeah. Or yeah, marinate. He has a to. Or marinate that fight. Marinate, oh, jeez. Look, look, look. I, if let's say let's say in an alternate, like in a bizarre world, Eddie Hearn and Tyson and uh, Anthony Joshua said, you know what, we're not gonna we're not gonna do, proceed the rematch. You can do what you want. If I'm Mile Heyman, don't put him right away with Fury. But don't put him don't put him right away with Wilder. You know, put him against uh, Chris Ariola. Well, give him a tune up. Put him against Ariola and then lead up into the unification with with Eddie uh, with uh, Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder, yep. But, That'll be an interesting one. But in boxing, anything can happen though. We just we yep. just saw that right now. Anything could happen. I fucking agree. And last Saturday night, yep, that was an example. A perfect example of anything Fuck. can happen in boxing. Yeah. Even with the Drake curse. <laughs> seen that shit all over man I feel bad for the guy real quick what did you think of the undercard um your your opinion you know what? I didn't see uh I, I didn't get the chance to see all the undercard I did see the Callum Smith fight man he's pretty good I did like his performance so you didn't get to see you know, okay they were they were alright I mean they were alright yeah, yeah I okay. mean the, they were kind of slow lagging until it started mm. getting to like the, the main event, the main events, like the Callum Smith fight and the and the oh my god, those two women that fought, it was an entertaining scrap. It was it was getting good. Chris Jerry fought, didn't he? He fought in the opener, one. Yeah, there we go. I think he lost, I believe, right? Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, the undercard did, didn't catch my interest. The only one was the Callum, the Callum Smith fight. That was the one I wanted to see, and I catched that after the main event. Because I was watching uh, NXT Takeover uh, 25, so when the, when that that event ended, the Cam Smith fight was like in the middle of it. So I said, "Oh, I'll, I'll watch that fight after the main event." So when the main event ended, I went back and I, I like I said, I really like his performance and love to see him again. Yeah, I, I love to see Cam Smith. I think he's one of the best, one of the best uh, super middleweights in the world. Here, I found audio of Andy Ruiz right now doing his media press tour with Jimmy Kimmel. Stay here. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Because you know, boxing it can be very shaky. You know, and well, you know how it is. And you definitely, I think you want to. I think you should have this fight here. Have it here in America, and yeah, I agree. Yeah, or Mexico. Mexico is that? Yeah, right. Keep going. Stay here. I think that's the. So, he would prefer to want to have it here. I doubt it's going to happen here. Yeah, somebody tells me they're gonna. But my, I, I think you said it right. They probably they might throw a shitload of money at him and go like, "Come on, just come to the UK." Unless the zone throws more money and says, "No, let's put it back out here in the states." Yeah. But from what I heard, Anthony Joshua's not signed to the zone. He's on a fight to fight basis with the zone. Is he? Yeah, he's not a zone fighter. He's just he's again. Don't quote me on this, folks. This is what <laughs> I've heard. He fights on a fight to fight basis on the zone. I see. I see. So, you know, but my thing is, I don't, I don't believe that though because we said this last week. Joshua didn't come to the U.S. because he wanted to; he was forced to come to the U.S. by the zone. Yeah, because the zone is trying to take over the U.S. when it comes to box, when it comes to the viewership of boxing fans. Mm-hmm. 
So they forced him to come out here. So for me, I, I don't really believe that he's a, a fight-to-fight basis with them. I think if that was the case, he would have been like, well, go fuck yourself. I'm not going to fight. I don't want to fight anyways. I, I'd rather fight for Sky Sports and, you know, sell my rights to Showtime like I did before. Uh-huh. No, I don't believe that. So if I'm DAZN, DAZN is saying that this they had high viewership for this fight. Well, especially the replays for this fight. Imagine for the second fight, you don't think the zone's gonna pressure Eddie Hearn and Joshua? Be like, no, 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 we're not taking this to the, we're not taking this to Wembley. We're not gonna put this fight up fucking in the afternoon. Mm-mm, no, no, you're gonna fight. Either you're gonna fight in Vegas or fight in in, in the East Coast, sir. We're not taking. This, we're not gonna put this fucking fight in in twelve in the afternoon here in the states. No, that just, makes perfect fucking sense because it's a big fight now. It's a big fight to make. You're right. So yeah, you're right. They're not gonna be like, but oh, in the afternoon, fuck you. Well, and I bet you the UK fans are like, no, fuck you, B-Ray. Fuck you, because we had to wait until 3 in the morning to watch this fight. <laughs> Did you know that? The, the fight was aired around 3 or 4 in the morning in the UK? In the UK, really? Well, yeah, because of a huge time difference. Wow. So, yeah. So, but in my in, in my opinion, DAZN really doesn't care. DAZN, DAZN's like, no, you guys have Sky Sports. We're airing this to the U.S. public. We're trying to win over the U.S. the U.S. public here. Mm-hmm, so that's I, what's about, yeah. I honestly think this fight's gonna be back here in the U.S. Thinking about it right now. And do you see L.A. or Vegas? Uh, whoever offers the most the most money for this fight. The most money, huh? Yeah, you're right. I think so. I think whoever offers the most will probably get this fight. Damn, where the hell did I leave the other notes? <laughs> I look. All right. Well, in other news, uh, on Sunday, former two-time world two-time world champion Devin Alexander. Uh, fought on the PBC on FS1 uh, against Ivan Rekak Retak, and was TKO'd in the sixth round after suffering multiple knockdowns. Um, I didn't get to see the fight. I'm watching the highlights. Brian, I sent you the highlights. Um, didn't look so good for the former world champion. No. Um, I don't know if I want to say the, you know, the obvious. I don't know if it's time for him to hang up, but it just yeah, it didn't look good for him. It did not. It did not. <laughs> it didn't. Did not, did not really look for him, man. So, um, yeah. So if you ask me, what's next for him? Shit. Uh, maybe hanging up the gloves. Maybe that's the best thing. But or or again, going back to the drawing board and see what he did wrong and continue again. But it just didn't look good for him. No, it didn't. It, um, I don't know. I think uh, give it a. Uh, for Devin Alexander, if winning this fight would have put him in title contention or at least honorable mention as a possible opponent with this loss, I don't know if they're gonna possibly put him as, as a as a title challenger anymore. No, it, like I said, yeah, it, it didn't look good for him. So, uh, I yeah, I, I don't expect for Devin, uh, Devin Alexander to really get another world title shot anymore. I just don't see it. So you, do you think he's just the name that you'll put your up and coming fighters with? Just yeah. To see? Um, what do you call him? Like gatekeepers? That's how I see him now. I don't know if he's a gatekeeper. I think he's more of a he's a good name to put on a resume against a fighter who's like fourteen and zero, and you're trying to yeah. you're trying to build up you're trying to build him up as the next uh, top world to be contender. So you right. need a name. So you put him against a former two time world champion who's been in the ring with with the likes of Sean Porter, Amir Khan. Um, was it Timothy Bradley? Timothy Bradley. Mm-hmm. You put him against those type of fighters, and oh, Marcos Maidana. Um, you put him in those. You put him in those type of fights. Yeah. To build your to build your fighter. 
that's basically how, who he is, yeah. Also, another news, the WBC announced they have removed Shakur Stevenson and Jose Pedraza from the rankings as both men failed to enroll in their VADA clean boxing program. Damn. WBC ain't fucking around. You want to fight for a title? You enroll on the VADA testing. Yep. Um, God damn. I still wish all of the other belts organizations use this program as like, hey, if you want to fight for, for these belts, you have to be tested 24 hours a day, 7 days a week through through the through the VADA or USADA, whatever. But you have to be tested. And you have to earn it. Yeah, exactly. I love that attitude. You got to earn it. If you want to be world champion, if you want these belts, Earn it the old-fashioned way. Yeah, and and if you don't want to be tested, then you're not going to be ranked in her, and uh, you're not going to be in a ranking. Exactly. Go fight somewhere uh-huh. else then. And I think I hope the WBA, w, uh, WBO, and the IBF take take that into consideration. Damn it. Mm-hmm. And hold on, I had others. Cause I think we're going to be fine. By throws real quick. Um, Vasily Lomachenko responds to Eddie Hearn saying the WBC the WBC should have ordered Campbell versus Haney instead of him. And I quote. I would be just as outraged in his place, but if you're so unhappy, go sue them. He hasn't done any. He hasn't done that because he knows very well he'd lose. This is because um, this is because Vasily Lomachenko went to the WBC and told him, "Hey, I would love to unify the titles. I would love a crack at your title. I re- I found out that the title is now vacant." And I would love to fight for the vacant WBC title to become a unified champion, and not o- not only represent the I the WBA, the WBO, but I also want to represent the WBC. Can you allow me this opportunity? The WBC said, "Sure, why in the fuck not?" Even though Devin Haney, I think, was the number one contender or was supposed to be slated to fight for the vacant title against Luke Campbell, so the Eddie Hearn again, very out- very outspoken promoter, came out and said some words. Vasily Lomachenko came back and said, well, if you got a problem with them, sue them. <laughs> wow. Crazy. It is crazy, yeah. And in other oh, news, Sergey Kovalev is claiming that he is in negotiations for his WBO light heavyweight title to be in a tournament that is rumored to happen next year as the World Boxing Super Series. He says the fighters that are included as the WBA World Champion Dmitry Bivol. IBF world champion Arda Bedaviev and WBC champion um, Alexander Gusev. And the winner would be crowned as the undisputed light heavyweight champion. Brian, I'm pretty I excited about that. Fucking love that idea. <laughs> you know, I, I, I didn't even let you finish that fucking asking that question. I love that idea, man. I would want to see that, uh, that event. I, that sounds fucking good. It is. It is um, very rare to have a tournament like this, and the, the the World Boxing Super Series has done pretty good. We crown uh, they did they had just crowned the undisputed cruiserweight champion. I think currently right now they're doing the I think a unification or to clarify um, to put more put more clarity in the 140 pound division. They're uh-huh. doing that, and I think the light heavyweight division has needed this because no offense, um, our prayers and thoughts are still with Donna Stevenson, but for a while Donna Stevenson. And Sergey Kovalev held the division hostage because neither guy wanted to fight each other, yeah. and instead they fought other fighters around themselves. Now, if this is true, you're having all four champions agreeing and being on a tournament to establish a undisputed champion. I love the idea. I love it. Me too. And I guess, really too. And guess what? The World Boxing Super Series can only be seen on the zone. 
Fucking nice. Look at that. The tournament that's only seen on the zone. So I'd love it. I love the idea. I love that idea too. And the uh, apparently next year. Yeah. Oh wow. That's not bad. Fucking can't wait. That's not bad. Yeah, I can't wait. So is it a, is it a straight up uh, four fight elimination? So basically, let's say Kovalev versus Bivol, um, Oleksandr versus Better Viev, and then the winner fights each other in the middle of the year. So you could probably crown an undisputed champion by the end of 2020. By, yeah, exactly. Well, the mm-hmm. middle, if yeah, by the end of 2020, you could crown a champion. Mm-hmm. That is not bad. No. That is not bad. Um, I'll say this right now. My heavy favorite is Dimitri Bivol to take it all. Damn, really? Dimitri Bivol is my favorite to take this tournament. Ooh, shit. I say that. I see Dimitri Bivol is my favorite. He's young, fast, and he can crack. You know, for me, it's, uh, I mean, the, the two names was Bivol and uh, Usyk. Those are the only two I can think of that can possibly win it. Who knows? Those two can, can meet in the finals if, you, you mean, know, if, you it's, mean if it's designed. It's not Usyk, it's Guv, um, Gutskiv, whatever I can't pronounce his fucking last name. Yeah, me too. I, the I guy, it like that way. He's the guy that basically put Adonis Stevenson in the hospital. Exactly. So you're you saying, go. so you're saying your heavy favorite. So you're saying the final would be those two guys, Bivol and Alexander. Yeah. Wow. Something tells me those. Yeah. If if it's the if it's the design like that, where like they you know they have they both have each uh, opponent and they meet up in at the very end, that could probably happen. That's just uh, my opinion. I would have better Biv, who is a power puncher, go against Bivol, and I would have um, Kovalev versus Alexander. And then the uh-huh. winner faces each other. So, yeah. you, so you have a classic puncher versus a boxer, and another one boxer versus a puncher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that, and then the winner fucking, you know, goes on into the finals. That's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Not a Definitely. bad idea at all. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're already an hour in. We spent a huge chunk of this show talking about Andy Ruiz and Joshua in the aftermath. <laughs> yeah. So there is a fight happening this weekend live on the zone at Madison Square Garden, the return of Triple G. So this last segment. Is our prediction. So, hit the music. Prediction. What's your prediction for the fight? Then? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Hey. Prediction time, motherfuckers. Prediction time. Yeah, pain. Pain. All right. Pain. So we have, uh, we have Triple G versus Steve Rolls. Live in New York City. Former middleweight champion. Challenges Steve Rolls in New York. Live on the zone. Scheduled 12 rounds to be contested at the maximum weight. Catch weight of 164. Brian. Catch weight 164, of 164, huh? I didn't know about 64. that. Huh? I'm, very, I'm unaware about that. Um, both guys had things to say. Um, Triple G said, boxing is no game. I want a war. I have trained for a war. That is why boxing fans enjoy the big drama show. I come to fight. Steve Rolls came out and said, You can look at me as the underdog, but in my mind, I am the best investment this side of Wall Street. Uh, you get it? Cause, oh, you get it? Because they're fighting in New York. And, you know, yeah. Uh, you get it? Alright, so yeah. The bull comments. Brian, when we heard this fight, we both said, Stripper G's coming back. Cool, who's he going again? Steve Rolls. Who? Exactly. <laughs> Have you seen him fight? I have not seen this guy fight. I have not seen him fight. I'm um, Steve Rose. No, not seen him fight. Oh. Um, we both think this is a a tuna fight, but Brent, I want to say this before we give our predictions, Brian. The, Don't uh-huh. judge a book by its cover. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I agree. But 
Okay. But what? You want you want to go? You want to go with this one? You predict? No, I, I, but yeah. Um... Oh man, you're right because you never know what happened. Because this is the prediction I had in my mind. But as you say, don't judge a book by its cover. Because, um... because real quick, but I'm sorry. Before I let me. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You got to imagine if you're Steve Rolls, everyone's thinking you're gonna lose. Everyone thinks you're gonna get whitewashed. You probably have in the back of your head, you know, fuck it. I'm, I'm getting paid. Fuck it. If if I if if I if I could put on a good fight, that's great. But then you watch last Saturday's fight. You watch an underdog like yourself win. Doesn't that give you more motivation? Like that's more right. Motivation. If yeah. this guy can do it, I can do it. <laughs> Hit the Rocky montage. <laughs> you know. You, you. That's what I'm saying. You can't judge the book by its cover because no. how motivated now is Steve Rolls watching a guy like Andy Ruiz beat the heavy favorite, beat the guy that's unbeatable. That has to give motivation to Steve Rolls. Like, fuck it. If Andy Ruiz can do it, I can do it, too. I can do it, too. Uh-huh. Uh, you know what? Uh, fuck it, man. Not the first time. Not the last time I'll be wrong. But I'm just going to go third-round knockout by Triple G. You're going third-round knockout. Third-round. I'm going third-round. You're, so you're yeah. going gonna to give Steve Rolls fucking two rounds? You're going to yeah. give him surviving two rounds? Yep. This is my gut feeling. I'm gonna say fuck it, go for it. Yeah, three rounds. Triple G wins it. Yeah, I think that's wow. what that's what we're expecting to see. Yep, I, I think that is what it is designed. Yep, to make him look like the monster in the, in the middleweight division again. And something tells me we're gonna see that this week. So you think this is just a remind, uh, basically a reminder to the fans, like, hey, you know, don't forget who I was. I'm the I used to be the most feared middleweight in the world. Exactly. People avoided me. Yep. I'll say it, yeah. He wins by a, by a KO in the third round. Okay. Um, okay, so Triple G coming back. Um, last time we saw him, he was in a back-and-forth fight, almost war, middleweight war with Canelo Alvarez. Yeah. This is his first fight back. Um, he let go Abel Sanchez. He's down with Jonathan Banks. I saw some of the highlights of his open workout in New York yesterday. He mm. looks pretty light on his feet. Um, we spoke about this too. How much? Um, how much has? How much new stuff has he absorbed? Because you, you know you don't change overnight. You know, no, you don't. especially, especially you know, especially like Triple G and Abel Sanchez, who were together for a long time, for almost eight years, they were together. You can't just change overnight. And I don't think we're gonna see right away the sudden changes in um in Triple G with Jonathan Banks. Because um, no disrespect to, to Steve Rolls, and I'm not judging a book by its cover, but um, S- Steve Rolls and anybody who's now list, uh, who's listening, Steve Rolls, this is his first fight scheduled for 12 rounds. His last yep, fight was are. his first fight that he went 10 rounds. Other than that, he only fought eight rounders. Mm-hmm. This is his first championship level fight. Um. And I don't underestimate any of the fighter. I think I learned that last Saturday. But you got to take into consideration, Andy Ruiz was a former world title challenger. Andy Ruiz had a decorated amateur background and a great professional uh, record. Not background. A great amateur record and a great great professional record. Andy Ruiz had already established himself as a player in the division. Steve Rolls has not. Not yet. So... To go into the narrative, like, you got to watch out. Yeah, in a, in a way, yeah, because you, 
you know, you you can be the hardest puncher in the world, but sometimes, you know, if you're determined to win, we've seen in boxing, the theater of the unexpected can happen. Steve Rose could possibly upset Triple G. You never know. But I think Triple G, um, if is coming back, is going to try to make a statement. And, I, and me and Brian alluded to this. He wants to remind the boxing world who he really is. Dizone is hoping that Triple G reminds who he really is because, again, he hasn't fought since the loss against Canelo, and Canelo has gone back has has fought two fights in a row now, so Canelo's already st- has already made people forget the Triple G fights. So Triple G needs to come back and remind people why he's a threat to Canelo Alvarez. Bet against a guy like Steve Rose, we're not taking it that seriously. I'm rambling. I'm sorry. I feel he knocked out Steve Rose in one round. Ooh, all right. Because look what he did to Vanis Monterosian. Yeah, remember that. And Vanis Monterosian is a great decorated background, former world title challenge, two-time world title challenger, gave Laura a good fight, gave Charlo a good fight, and only lasted, what, two rounds? Mm-hmm. So that is the Triple G with Abel Sanchez. Him with Jonathan Banks, we might see a little bit of ch- subtle changes, maybe. I give it maybe a round. You know what? Fuck it. I'll give it two rounds. Oh, wow. All right. Two rounds it is. I think he flatlines him in two rounds. Triple G wins. No disrespect to Steve Rose. If you're listening, shout out, man. Good luck. <laughs> For real, man. Good luck, buddy. Now, Brian, what happens after this fight? It's been re- Triple G told ESPN that it's 90, 99% certain that he'll rematch Canelo in September. Should he get past Steve Rolls? Wow. And he would like the trilogy to be done in New York City. Your thoughts? I don't know why. I feel like they're just going to have Triple G wait. I'll believe it when, you know, I hear it from, you know, from, from Canelo and De La Hoya. I I don't see the fight happening this year. You think they're going to make him wait a, they're gonna make him wait a year? Another year? Something tells me. Probably another year. At least till may, may, maybe at least till next May, maybe not next September, but next May. Okay. So I mean, Canelo does have a mandatory for the IBF. Do you think they take uh-huh. give him step aside money and then set up the Triple G fight, or do you think he goes ahead fights his mandatory in Mexico City, and then like you said in May fight Triple G? Do you yeah, really, do you re- do you really want to do that? Because let's be honest, Triple G hasn't fought. And he's going to go against Steve Rolls. How many rounds is he really going to put in the bank against Steve Rolls? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you want to get him while he's still, while he's still ring rusted? Or he still has ring rust? Or are you going to allow him to take... Because if he beats Steve Rolls, he can fight back. He can fight in a couple months another fight. And then probably fight another fight at the end of the year to be ready for me. By that yeah. time, he's the ring rust is already worn out. Mm-hmm. He's ready to go. Because that was the knock on Triple G. He was only starting to fight once a year now. Yeah, he does, yep. And a guy like Triple G can't afford to fight once a year. He needs to be active. He's, active. He, he doesn't have the boxing abilities of a Floyd Mayweather, of a Canelo Alvarez, of, a, of, a, uh, of, of any type of boxer to take a year off and come back. Because, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard said it himself. Guys like Triple G, guys like Bernardo Duran need to continuously fight because they are, they are pressure fighters. They are guys that time well. If you're out of the ring, your timing goes off. Unlike a guy like Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, they can take the time off because they have the feet to bounce up and down to shake the ring rust off as the rounds go on. A guy like Triple G is a flat-footed fighter. He doesn't have the time. 
and his face won't take, and his face can't take the pounding until the ring rust wears off. So if I'm yeah. Canelo's team, wouldn't you want to fight right away? Because he still has ring rust. Because let's be honest, he's gonna get rid of Steve Rose pretty quick. How many rounds is he really putting in the bank, Brian? Who knows? Who knows how many rounds? You really don't want to fight an active Triple G. You want to fight a Triple G's only fought a few rounds and still has ring rust on him. Because, come on, look how he looked against uh, Canelo the second time. And he only fought once against um, Vanez Monterosa, and he only fought two rounds. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah, he hardly broke a sweat. Yeah, right. He hardly broke a sweat. Like, how many fucking, you know, he, I think he broke more of a sweat in training camp than he did for that fight. Mm-hmm. So you still caught the guy a little bit. In, that's why when we, when we predicted the fight, Triple G was on a one-year layoff. Yeah. You can't count the Vanez Monterosa as, as a legit fight. So do you count the Steve Rose as a legit fight? And, you know, if I'm, if you're saying that Canelo's team might want to fight him next May? Do yeah. you really want to do that? You really want to give Triple G the momentum to start getting fight, start building his, start building himself back up, or do you want to get him right away? Get him out of the way. Boom. Well, here's another question, too. You think that they're going to be thinking that way? Instead of just like, oh, no, I'll just have him wait and get another belt. I dictate when to fight him again because, you know, I beat him twice, technically, in my mind. You get me? I, I think that's how they're thinking. And that's why I say that as well. That's why I say they might, they might wait next year. So I don't know if they're thinking the same way you are, which it's just a smart way, the way you're explaining get it. That's a smart out. way to do it. He's 36. Get him out. Exactly. But I don't think they're thinking that way right now. For them, they're like, oh, I, uh, we fought twice. I proved twice that I'm better than him. Oh, fuck's a rush. That's the impression I'm getting from them. And this fight being fought 164. Is that Triple G indicating that he's no longer going to fight for the middleweight titles and possibly move up to super middleweight after this fight? Super middleweight, it, it does, because when you, I didn't even know about that, by the way. And you saying that, yeah, part of me is like, oh, he's he's gearing up to go to 168. It's kind of like putting his feet you know, on the water a little bit for right now. So you think this fight, like let's say this fight happens in May, this fight, you think he fights Canelo in 168 or a catch weight I, of, or super Canelo weight? Super good. Uh, you know what? In between, you, you, yeah, in between that, uh, it could be a catch weight of one sixty four, one sixty five, or the the full, you know, weight limit for super middleweight on one sixty eight. I can see that happening. Okay. You're right. Okay. Well, for sh- yeah, for, for sure, not not middleweight. The rematch, no, for sure, not one sixty. Well, we'll see how he looks at one sixty four, though. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, folks, you'll get to see the fight. It uh, it's live on the zone, Mass Square Garden. Um, don't forget to watch it. Don't forget on uh, that Saturday we'll have the poll up so you guys can go up and vote who you think will win. You guys can submit your questions, your comments on the fight. And um, maybe, maybe if there's an upset, we'll have a live reaction episode. You know, spontaneous episode like we did last week. But uh, that's only if there's an upset happening. And if there is, I know that Brian would be down to have a spontaneous recap of that uh, upset. And you yeah, gotta, and, 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 in, and in boxing, anything can happen, folks. So let's get that straight. Anything can happen in boxing. So we'll see. But uh, next week, yeah. I'm sorry, what were you gonna say? No, no, I was about to say no. Exactly. I mean, next week we could be. No, you're right. On Saturday, if uh, Triple G loses, yeah, you're right. We could be doing another recap. <laughs> another recap episode. Well, just me and Brian, not not with the crew. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, you know so, what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so next week, Brian Tyson Fury fights. Oh yeah. So. The Lillian Heavyweight Champion, yeah. The Lillian Heavyweight Champion of the world. (laughs) I don't want to fight for no diamond belt. (laughs) So, 
we'll be back next week, folks. We're gonna cut. I mean, I'm good. Are you good, Brian? Yep. Uh huh. All right. So they'll they'll so real real recap. Um, Brian has Triple G winning by the third round. T- TKO, you said. Uh, KO. KO. I have Triple G. I got Triple G winning in the second round. KO. So we both think it's gonna be a short night. Triple G's gonna go in there and big drama show New York City. Um, we'll be back next week to recap that fight. We'll also give our predictions for Tyson Fury's uh, return fight after his draw with Deontay Wilder and more boxing news. Hopefully there's more other excuses that the Joshua protectors are going to say about him. Maybe there's more developments into the rematch. Maybe maybe within the next couple of days they'll, they'll fucking find the venue. Um, new developments can happen. Who knows? But you guys will be the first ones to know. You'll be the first ones to hear our reaction. We do thank you for downloading, for subscribing. Um, if you guys are listening on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. It does help with the visibility of this episode. Um, if you guys are listening on any other platform, give us a comment. Give us a rating. It helps with the visibility of this episode. Don't forget to like, comment, and share. You can find B-Ray on his Instagram page at bray 89 Get all your wrestling and boxing fun facts and highlights with B-Ray. You guys can find us at the JMB Ray Boxing Podcast on Instagram, where you guys get all your boxing news and memes. Shout out to, uh, oh my god, I forgot his name. I was going to give him a shout out. I've been tagging him. Shit, shut. Where's his name? See this yeah, one? I kind of been knows he's been tagging somebody, yeah. Damn, where's he at? There you go. King Corleone RSS. Uh, shout out to go. him. He He's a huge Joshua fan. And I, say that very, and I say that very sarcastically because he's really not. So shout out to him, man. Keep up the good memes. Shout out, buddy. Shout out. Um, other than that, B-Ray, is there anything else you want to say before we uh, sign out? No, I just want to say thanks for listening to us, guys, and like and, you know, share and download us. Subscribe to us. And uh, you can follow, again, you can follow me on uh, Instagram, B-Ray89. Uh, you know, also a lot of boxing, a lot of wrestling, especially last week with NXT TakeOver. Uh, any of you wrestling fans, I'm sure you guys are so shocked of the events that happened, of the event, of the match, what happened on NXT TakeOver. So, uh, again, you guys can uh, hit me up, talk about it anytime. There you go, folks. So this is episode 84. We're signing out. With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming, Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details.